But uh, here we are in what we know as Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Here's what Paul said. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. That's kind of an interesting phrase, isn't it? Because Paul is a prisoner of Rome. But here he says, I am a prisoner of not Rome, but of the Lord. In other words, Paul said, I'm here because it's God's will for me to be here. Now, you know, you think about that. If, if Paul had went to Rome, went to Caesar's palace, knocked on the door and says, I want to talk to Caesar, he would have been hauled off, thrown in prison, and you'd never hear from him again. But the fact that Paul was a prisoner going through the Roman justice system gave Paul the opportunity then to witness to people that he would have never had the opportunity to witness to if that was not the case. And so Paul said, I'm here because it's the Lord's will for me to be here. God has put me in this position to give me the opportunity to witness to people that I would have never had the opportunity to witness to in any other way. He said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling of which you have been called, with all lowliness and gentleness and longsuffering, bearing with one another in love, enduring, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So in the first three chapters of Ephesians, those first three chapters deal with doctrine. They're doctrinal in nature. The last three chapters of the book of Ephesians then deals with practical Christian living. Not doctrine, but our duty as Christians, as believers. And Paul does that. He has a pattern in a lot of his letters. In the first part of his letters, he'll, he'll take you up on the mountaintop. And, and bring you up on the mountaintop of doctrine. He'll, he'll present these great truths and he'll take you up on the mountaintop of doctrine. And in the latter part of his book, he'll say, now, these great truths, you know, we, we've seen these great truths. Now, what difference they, should they make in how we live? We're here on the top of the mountain of doctrine, but what difference is it going to make in how we live every day? And so his last, the last part of his books, and this is true in the book of Ephesians, is that Paul then talks about practical everyday living. What difference should these great truths make in how we live every day? The first three chapters of Ephesians deal with our position in Christ. The last three chapters deal with our practice in Christ. How are we to live as Christians? So in this passage, Paul compares the Christian life to a walk. Walk. Usually that, sometimes the word walk in the Bible refers to a walk. <laughs> you know, just a walk. But sometimes the word walk uh, in, in the New Testament refers to how you live. Your everyday living. Your walk through life. And in this passage, Paul compares the Christian life to a walk. That walk begins the moment we receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And from the moment we are saved, then, we begin a new journey in life of walking with the Lord Jesus. We were walking this way before we were saved. We came to Christ. 
Our life was changed, turned around. Now we're walking a different way in this world. We're walking with the Lord Jesus. And that walk won't end in this world until we go home to heaven. Amen. So in this passage, Paul talks about the Christian's walk with the Lord. The Christian's life in this world. And he says, he says some things. First of all, he said our Christian walk will sometimes be costly and difficult. When you walk with the Lord, sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be costly to you. Sometimes it's going to be difficult. Again, Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. By mentioning his imprisonment again, as he did in Ephesians 3.1, Paul here is reminding the Ephesian believers that sometimes when you're walking with the Lord, that walk with the Lord in this world will bring you trouble. It'll be costly. It'll be difficult. Now the Christian life is a life of great joy. The Christian life is a life of many blessings. But also the Bible is very frank and very clear to us that when you walk through a fallen world as a Christian, you can expect to have troubles and afflictions. And trials. The Christian life is not a trouble-free, pain-free life. I can never sit down to somebody I was witnessing to and tell them, if you give your life to Christ, you'll never have any trouble again. That would be a lie. In fact, becoming a Christian often will get you into trouble instead of getting you out of trouble. But that is balanced off by the Christian life is a life of great joy and blessing, but we live in a fallen world. So sometimes we're gonna have troubles and trials as we walk through this world with Christ. Many verses speak of that. 2 Timothy 3.12, you've heard it. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, I don't think as a Christian I've ever been persecuted I, you know, I've kind of suffered, you know, from some, in some way, I guess, for being a Christian. But see, in America, we're insulated from this. But in many parts of the world, if you follow Christ, you're taking your life into your own hands. And here's, here's the Bible just being very frank. If you walk with Christ in this fallen world, there's great blessings, God's gonna be with you, he's gonna protect you, he's gonna provide for you, but it's not a pain-free life and it's not a trouble-free life. In a fallen, sinful, sinful and Christ-rejecting world, faithful believers can expect persecution and suffering. Let me remind you what Jesus said in John 15, verses 18 through 21. Here's what he said to his disciples, and therefore he says to us, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you, hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world, the lost world, hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you, Jesus said. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. 
But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. Acts 4.22, 14.22, Paul said, We must through many tribulations enter into the kingdom of God. John 16.33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so our Christian life will sometimes be a costly walk and a difficult walk. Some years ago, there was a, uh, and I forgot the guy's name, who was, he was, he was uh, the Speaker of the House. Henry Hyde, Speaker of the House, many years ago. And he was a professing Christian. Henry Hyde was. And someone asked him, a reporter asked him, said, okay, you're a professing Christian. What difference does Christ make in a person's life? What difference does it make that you're a Christian? And Henry Hyde thought about it, and he said, well, you know, there's a lot of ways I could answer that question, but I'll answer your question in this way. The only hell that a Christian will know in his life is in this world he's going to heaven but for the unbeliever the only heaven they will ever know is in this world they're going to hell if they don't get saved a pretty good answer isn't it the only troubles the only trials that we will ever have in our existence will be in this world we have a heavenly home but for the unbeliever the only joy, the only happiness, the only snippet of any kind of heaven they will ever have in their existence will be in this world. When they die, they don't go to a better place. They do not. And so, when we have troubles, we, we need to have a heavenly perspective, a heavenly perspective about troubles and trials and we all have them, and none of us are immune to them. It can be our, affect our health. It can affect, you know, this, that, and the other. Sometimes we bring trouble on ourselves and make the wrong decisions. But sometimes trouble just comes out of nowhere through no fault of our own. We, we have this stuff that come in, it comes into our life. So when trouble comes into the life of a Christian, we're to have a heavenly perspective about that. Because of what Christ has done in our life, we're to have a heavenly perspective about the troubles and trials that come into our life. One of the things the Bible says is that if we trust God, as we trust God, He will bring good out of our troubles. You know, all things work together for good to those who are called according to His purpose. That's a heavenly perspective. Yeah, it's hard what I'm going through, but I know somehow, some way, you know, God's gonna bring good out of what I'm experiencing. You know, uh, my mother died of cancer, pancreatic cancer. And I thought about that, you know, and I didn't enjoy that experience. I didn't like that experience. I prayed and asked the Lord to heal my mother. And you know, the Lord did, you know, but he healed her in a different way than what I was wanting. I was wanting him to heal her so she could stay with me. He healed her and took her to heaven. That's a lot better, you know, come to think of it. 
You know, and, and I thought about it. You can always find the good, even out of troubles and trials. I thought about my mom passing away. That broke my heart. But you know, she had good doctors that loved her and really loved her and cared for her and took care of her. She had good people watching over her. It was a terrible experience, but I could see the good where God's hand was and all of that. So when troubles come, just trust God. He's going to bring some good out of your troubles. The second thing to remember is our troubles are only temporary. Just for a moment, a light affliction won't happen. For It won't last forever. Our troubles may be hard, may be difficult, may in perspective of this world take longer than we want them to take, but they're only temporary. The only hell and troubles and trials you'll ever experience in your existence as a Christian will be in this world. In the next world, there is no more sickness and no more dying. No more troubles, no more trials. And another thing to remember when trouble comes into your life. See, this is a, a heavenly perspective on troubles. God will bring good out of our troubles. You know, sometimes, I think sometimes, you know, the Lord will lay trouble on you so that you will respond as a Christian, trusting in God, so that you, as you go through that experience, then you become a, a witness to somebody else who's watching you. You go through the trouble for the benefit of somebody else so that they can see what it's like to trust in God. And God will take your experience and touch their heart that they might be saved. I would give up, I would give up comfort and trouble and, 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 and you know, good things in order that God could use me to witness to somebody so that they might be saved and born again. God will bring good out of our troubles. Our troubles are only temporary in this world. And the third thing to remember is our troubles will never, ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 35 and 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Shall distress? No. Shall persecution? No. Shall famine? No. Shall nakedness or want? No. Peril? No. Sword? No. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so sometimes our walk with the Lord through this world will bring us troubles and trials and difficulties. And we won't be free of that kind of thing until we go to glory. But hey, we've got a God who will never leave us and never forsake us. <laughs> right? He will always be there. He will be our strength. Second of all, I think you can get from this that our Christian walk, as we walk through this world as a Christian, is to be a worthy walk. Again, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. The word worthy. I did a word study on the word worthy. I love doing word studies. You know, original, you know, what the original meaning and that kind of thing. The word worthy means heavy. Heavy. 
It's not a light thing. It's a substantive thing. You know, the Lord did some heavy things in your life when he saved you. He saved your soul. He wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Holy Spirit of God came to live within you. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. That's some heavy stuff, isn't it? That's heavy. That's not trivial. That's not something that's unsubstantiate, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, light. That's heavy stuff. Therefore, in response to all that heavy stuff that God has done in our life, we're to live a heavy life for Him. A life that is worthy of what He has done in our life. You could put it like this, because of what Christ has done in our life, we should be determined to live a life that honors and glorifies Him. Because of what God has done in my life, I want to live a life that brings Him honor and glory. That's what it means to walk worthy. Our Christian walk in this world is to be a worthy walk. I want to walk, I want to live in such a way in this world that I bring honor and glory to the one who has done so much for me. I want to walk worthy of his blessings. Philippians 1.27, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Colossians 1.10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.12, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So we are to, our Christian walk in this world is to be a worthy walk. Living in such a way, conducting ourselves in such a way that we bring him honor and glory. A walk that is worthy of all that he has done for us. Now, when we take a walk, we're usually headed to a destination. You know? Even when you get out and walk for exercise, you're going to walk to the end of the road, and then you're going to turn around and you're going to walk back to the house. You have a destination in mind. So what do you think is the destination of the Christian life and the Christian walk in this world? We're on a, a Christian walk. Our Christian walk is in this world. So where are we walking to? <laughs> and you would think the answer to that would be heaven, but it's not. We're already going to heaven. The destination of our Christian life and our Christian walk in this world is this. It is to be more and more like Jesus every day. That's the purpose of our walk in this world. Our destination is as we live for the Lord in this world, every day we become more and more like Christ in our life. Romans 8, 29 says that the goal of our walk is to be conformed to the image of God's Son. That's what God wants to do in your life, to be more and more Christ-like, to be more and more like Jesus as you live in this world, uh, to be ever-growing in the image of God's Son. I hope I'm a better Christian today than I was a year ago. And I hope this time next year, if God gives me 
the strength to live another year, I'll be a better Christian next year than I am today. And so the, our, our walk is to be a worthy walk, to live for God's honor and glory. He's invested so much in my life. Now, why would I want to live a sorry life? A life that brings him dishonor. A, a life that, you know, doesn't glorify him. No. God has put so much into my life. I want to live my life in such a way that I bring him honor in glory. I was, I was watching them. There was a football game Monday night, I guess. One night. And, and uh, a guy kicked a field goal, pro football game, kicked a field goal, winning, you know, to win the game. And they interviewed him after the game. I think he played for Kansas City. And he was hurt. He kicked the field goal, and he, his leg was hurt, which I imagine would be kind of hard to do. But he was the only kicker they had. So he goes out of there, and he kicks his field goal to win the game. And, of course, he was, you know, the, somebody came out to interview him after the game. And uh, the, it was a lady, and she said, well, how do you feel? He said, well, first of all, I feel great. He said, the second thing is, you know, I just want to give honor and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for who he is and what he's done in my life. I said, amen, hallelujah, brother. You know, he took the opportunity to give honor and glory to his Lord. And that's our Christian life. Our Christian walk is to be worthy of what he's done in us. Not a sorry old life. A life that has purpose. A life that's on a destination to be more like Christ. And finally, Paul reminds us that our Christian walk is to be a shared walk. We're not walking for the Lord in this world by ourselves. Our, Christ, our, our Christian walk is to be a shared walk. You know? It's kind of lonely to walk by yourself. You know? But if you have somebody walking with you, then that's different. Our Christian walk in this world is to be a shared walk. First of all, we're to share our walk with the Lord Jesus. Do you know that the Lord loves you? The Lord loves you. I mean, I stand amazed in the presence of the fact that the Lord loves me. He cares about me. He's interested in my life. He's involved in my life. He wants to share in my life. He has a purpose and a plan for my life. And he wants to walk with me and me to walk with him through the experiences of life. And so I want to walk through this world having the knowledge that Jesus is with me. And that's true. See, we have absolutely very little idea of who God really is. What we know about God from his word and from our personal experience is a wonderful thing. And it's enough to know that he's a great, wonderful, and kind, and marvelous God. But my word, we've only skimmed the surface of who God really is. And he, he wants to... He wants us, he wants to share our life and he wants us to share our life with him. And so every day I know the Lord is with me as I walk through this world 
The Lord is with me. Not only is he walking with me, he's my leader and guide through life. Because sometimes I'll get here and the Lord says, hey, let's go this way. I hadn't even thought about going that way. But let's go this way. Okay, Lord, you're the boss. <laughs> and we walk that way. And so we're walking with the Lord. The Christian life, the Christian walk is not a lonely walk. We share it with the Lord. And the Lord has promised that in this world, no matter what, He will never leave us and He will never forsake us. When the way is difficult, the Lord is with us. When the way is unknown, the Lord is with us. Sometimes we decide, well, Lord, you want to go that way, but I don't want to go that way. I want to go this way, and we stray from the Lord. Well, even then, the Lord doesn't forsake us. He'll wait until we stumble and fall, and then he'll go and pick us up and chastise us and discipline us, and then we'll walk back with him the way we ought to go, right? <laughs> I've been off the path many times. And the Lord, as patient, waited, fall, realized I'm stupid, and the Lord will come and say, okay, let's go back over here where we were supposed to be. And so we, we share this, this walk through this life with the Lord. I'm so glad Jesus is with me. I don't want to go anywhere that he didn't want me to go. I don't want to be involved in anything he didn't want me to be involved with. He's the boss. He's in charge. And my walk is with him. Second of all, we share our Christian walk. Not only with the Lord, but with our fellow believers. See, you're not on your own as you walk and live for the Lord in this world. The Lord is with us, and we're to share this walk with our fellow Christians. Verses 2 and 3. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We're walking with our fellow believers. I'm walking with you. You're walking with me as we walk through this world living for the Lord Jesus. And we're to love each other as we walk together. We're to serve one another in all lowliness and gentleness, patience and kindness. You know, when you have troubles and trials, I'm not going to run away from you and abandon you. I'm going to go to you and help you and encourage you and walk with you as you walk through that valley that you're going through. We're to share our Christian walk with our fellow believers. We're to encourage one another. And Paul says, now when you're walking with the Lord, with your fellow believers, live in peace, live in harmony, live in unity, be joined together, one heart, one mind, one spirit. You know, don't be fussing and fighting on the road as you walk with me over things that don't mean any eternal difference. And, and so, you know, the Christian walk is a wonderful walk in this world. Yeah, we may have troubles and trials, but the Lord's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're dealing with. We're to walk worthy, live in such a way that we bring honor and glory to our Lord. We never want to dishonor the Lord, bring Him shame. We want to bring Him honor and glory. He's invested so much in my life. I want to bring Him honor and glory. 
And as we walk through this world, we can be assured we're walking with the Lord. And always stay up with the Lord, right? Always stay where the Lord is. Walk with Him. That's the best. And we walk with one another. And so we share that Christian walk in this world. Amen? That's good and encouraging stuff from God's